0: we're recording
1: i'm fesh <laughs> and i'm nicole and this is real big fix
0: this is our podcast uh, this is our podcast and this is the first time we've remembered to do the intro <laughs> at the start of the podcast for three episodes so we're getting it out of the yeah, way man. early uh, and this is our podcast where we uh we not only make fun of bad movies mm. we also rewrite them to bring out their potential.
1: We make good
0: of bad movies. <laughs> yeah. We
1: don't just make fun. We make good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair to make say. Make fun
1: is such an interesting phrase.
0: Yes. Anyway. It's like, it does feel, if it's one of those things, like if you think too much about it, it's like when you like read an old book or something and it yeah. says like, we'll, we'll make merry this evening. Right.
1: But then it became to mean mock mm-hmm. instead of make light of or to make fun you know yeah i think making something fun is this harmless but to mock something is you know could cause some harm i agree how are you doing fesh but i think we do both um i'm good <laughs> right yeah, yeah. I, I think so yeah you
0: Uh, also pretty good. I, part of the reason I was late tonight is because Mm. my dog is having, uh, some some tummy troubles uh, that I was dealing with. I think, so here's the problem is I, I think what it was is I had a can of her dog food in my fridge Mm -hmm. and I think it was a little old. I think I left it in there Ah. for too long, but, but you, you can't like, how do you know? Like you can't smell it. Cause right. it just smells like dog food. It
1: does it doesn't have expiration stuff on dog food?
0: I'm sure it does, but it's because it's canned. So I think the expiration date is like three years from now. But gotcha. I opened it oh. and then I give her, yeah, I give her a scoop with each meal, and then I just stuck it in the fridge. And then I was gone from my apartment for like a week and a half, and I think it, I think I was just pushing it a little bit.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of rules of thumbs. I feel like with uh, taking yeah. care of creatures, yeah not an exact science, you know, or it could be. I don't know. It could be. There's probably books. There's probably. I mean, books. I
0: think. uh I think simply, you know, not feeding your dog old dog food.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. I th- th- think a week and a half. Could, somebody could probably hear that number and go, "Yeah, it's too many days. Don't do that next time." That's all. <laughs> but what a year it's been, huh?
0: What a year! What a year! Well, Should all exactly. The
1: be um, to get me into the spirit into the mood uh knowing you know you're running a little bit behind here you, you know what i did what threw on some old fail army to get in the, <laughs> into the spirit
0: that's how we used to warm up for this podcast I've, together yeah watching fail army and
1: that was very weird to, to go back and be like wait i've seen some of these and they're nine. it's nine months old and it's like it, you look at it, it's like March 2020. You're like, Whoa. So that was like the last day we could have possibly have recorded. When we watched <laughs> that video. Yeah. Wild.
0: Watching watching fail videos on your own is a different experience.
1: Well, I'm not alone, but yeah. Did you,
0: did, did you watch with Zenny? I did. I did. You I did. To fail, I did, fail I did.
1: Yeah. You start off with some animals. I get some hooked. You know.
0: Sure. Yeah, this just came out this week that Johnny Knoxville and Steve O have both already been hospitalized <laughs> like two days into shooting the new Jackass movie.
1: God bless. Oh, they just started shooting.
0: Yeah, I think they just started shooting. Huh. Okay. I think they're both fine. I don't think yeah. No, oh, like, I mean yeah, that's, for that's broken necks or whatever. Yeah, that's
1: but... with the territory. Well, that's fun. <laughs> so that's pushing that <laughs> that that's pushing that back. Well, I don't know. I guess the editing process is still important for those movies, but it's not the same as like. Mm -hmm. a marvel or matrix movie (laughs) where they have to really do a lot of post-production that
0: would be that would be cool though i would watch a i would watch a jackass movie with a bunch of crazy cgi well i
1: watched all of them for the first time this year right again at the last opportunity that i could uh, Uh uh, and in the opening of i think three it might have been two I they get beat up by a bowl or whatever and it's like uh-huh. in a suburban setting and i like i don't know if it was just JZT's tv or something but i was like this looks fake but is this fake is it and then like the wee man one's like nope yeah, nope this is oh god oh no this is real <laughs> oh boy because like, i would see for like an intro doing a sure. fake thing but no they hey say what you will about the jackets boys they ain't faking it, you know. That's a more of an Absolutely Productions kind of thing. Is to fake some of them. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Dick House is more genuine than Absolutely, for better or worse. I'm just putting it out there. There's more irony poisoning involved in Absolutely Productions. I think
0: so. Uh, who? What? What has Absolute Productions done?
1: Absolutely, it's a. Uh, that's a uh, Tim and Eric, Nathan for you. Ah,
0: uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh,
1: there's some more, I'm sure. Eric Andre probably. Which is a mixture. <laughs> Eric country, I would say, it was a mixture of Tim and Eric and uh, Jackass, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, now that we've settled that, (laughs) let's talk about a movie that's worse than all those movies: Mm. New Year's Eve,
1: two thousand eleven. Yeah.
0: New Year's Eve.
1: Did we start saying twenty when it hit the tens? Is that was it two thousand eight, and then when?
0: Yeah, because I think it's because like saying like twenty oh eight.
1: Yeah, I don't like that. But 2000- I don't think
0: I. I don't think I really started saying twenty until 2012.
1: Oh, okay. I don't think I started saying until this year. Whoa. No, okay. eh, 2019. I probably said 2019. Yeah. It is too long to say 2018. Yeah.
0: But it's I think I levels. was
1: out there doing there. I was think I was out there doing that.
0: Wasting everybody's time. <laughs> yep.
1: I moved to New York three months before this movie came out. Four months before this movie came out. Okay. And I remember seeing subway posters for this movie. That's my connection to this time and place. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. This is the Valentine's Day, and then this, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day was first, and these are for for listeners at home who haven't seen the plot summary aspect of this is going to be a little bit hard to Ooh, do. I think boy. we're just going to have to do it as we go <laughs> yeah. because it is a Love Actually style movie where all of this happens on New Year's Eve. And it's a bunch of different intersecting storylines that happen in New York City.
1: Yes. Does Valentine's Day take Where does Valentine's Day take place? California?
0: I don't know. I haven't seen it.
1: I'll look, that, look into that while you lay some more groundwork.
0: Sounds good. I am a big Love Actually fan. I get why people don't like it. Mm. (laughs) I I don't begrudge anybody who doesn't like Mm. Love Actually. But for me, I I think it was a right place, right time movie for me. And I do just kind of generally like movies that are, you know, a series of interconnecting storylines or even a series of disconnected vignettes. So just for my taste... I think I'm giving this movie a little bit more leeway yeah. than other people might. These, like this movie, and I assume Valentine's Day are so clearly trying to rip off Love Actually, Absolutely. which is a Christmas movie. It is almost that Playmobil thing of
1: like,
0: <laughs> don't pretend you're not ripping off the Lego movie. Sure. <laughs> don't pretend you're not ripping off Love Actually. And I think I have a friend who I think recently changed her name, but was the artist formerly known as as Naomi thieves has a thing when she makes films and and about her her film analysis where she says like after a celebrity becomes too famous they just shouldn't be in movies anymore cuz it takes you like you're not watching a character you're right. now watching. Tom Cruise is actually not a great example because yeah. I think I, I think... see him more as Ethan Hunt than I do right. as Tom Cruise. Right. But, you know, like, if you're too famous, like, then you're not watching the character. You're, yes. you're like, it's a celebrity, I know. Yeah. Uh, and this movie is just nuts to butts packed with
1: celebrities.
0: <laughs> Who, to the extent that there None of that which that
1: can pass as a human being.
0: Not <laughs> none, not at all.
1: Like even, um, is it Timothy Oliphant, who's like the least famous of all, but it's still like, nah, not buying it. It's not It's not because you're famous, it's just because you're weird. <laughs> it's,
0: yeah. He's the Who, guy coming
1: you, from the, the wedding.
0: No, that's Josh Duhamel.
1: Josh Duhamel, yes.
0: Yeah, and, and Josh Duhamel occupies this weird space in my brain where like, he just wasn't on my radar. Sure when he was, like, this guy. Yeah. And then watching this movie, I was like, oh, he is hot. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> um, uh, forg- I don't think I've told my story on this podcast before, but I got to tell my Josh Jamal story. Please. I was working at the Sunshine Cinema, Landmark Sunshine Cinema, and the, you know, Manhattan, New York, great theater. Um, and we would have, maybe not uh, premieres, but the New York premiere of whatever... We had half-hour breaks, unpaid, <laughs> and uh, i uh, that's not a lot of walking time, so I had to hit up like the Lucky Burger next door or the Subway a little bit further. And So uh, one day, I had to hit up the Subway a little bit further, and then I came back, took off, you're not allowed to be eating in the lobby with your uniform on, so I just, un it was like a dress shirt, so I took that off. And my uh, co-worker, he and I, uh, we were sitting in the lobby, eating Subway sandwiches when the premiere of whatever is going on. <laughs> and we usually keep the the you know the lobby empty for the premieres to to avoid weird people talking to the you know famous people they don't have that context so we're sitting in chairs right by the stairs that they have to go up eating subway sandwiches and paying them no mind and also <laughs> they're paying us no mind for the most part except for Josh Jumal who could not get over He he couldn't. He he was craning his neck as he was walking up the stairs and giving genuine double takes to be like, "Who are these guys?" (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just two bearded, sweaty dudes. Two bearded dudes eating Subway. Just a completely empty lobby besides these celebrities going up the stairs, (laughs) and us eating Subway in our own little world. So that's, but that's he.
0: He wasn't. He wasn't a jerk about it. He just no. It was, was mesmerized.
1: It, it was, has. I only bring up the status of celebrity for further the juxtaposition. But it's the same thing if if you're walking through New York City and you see something weird and you're like, I'm gonna ignore this. But I gotta get a. What is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> huh? Is this normal?
0: Well, speaking of New York City, yeah. I would say that New York City is one of the many characters in this movie. Yes. in
1: Valentine's Day, I think, yeah, it, it does take place in Los Angeles. Got it. Which reminds um, me of a great joke from Coming to America, <laughs> which is when they're deciding. So
0: they, they're, they're doing yes, another one. Did you very see? Very soon.
1: Next March. But they go, oh, America, you know, there's this is a land of opportunity. It's so prosperous. A number of places you can go. So which is it? L.A. or New York. <laughs> rules <laughs> <laughs> rules
0: yeah i do think this movie may have been improved by setting it in a different town
1: yeah but
0: but i do think that having it kind of revolve around the ball drop celebration yeah. is also thematically appropriate absolutely with with new york city so so i guess I'll kind of explain the plot of each story as we go. Okay. I'm going to start by saying, I think there are two stories that for me are working far better than any of the stories in the movie. Mm. The first one that I think is neither of them is perfect. Both of them. I have notes for, but, <laughs> just... but the the ones that I think are mostly like the idea is there is Seth Myers and Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel is pregnant and the, uh, you know, Mount Sinai or some hospital, has a weird monetary prize for the first baby born in the hospital on the new sure. year. Sure, The premise is a little shaky, but I think it's weird that they get $25,000 instead of like, a, you know, a big novelty check for a hundred bucks or right. whatever, but fine. It's a well, movie. But
1: Nicole, after taxes and this. <laughs> and that.
0: Sure. So, so Jessica Beale and Seth Meyers want, want to win this money. They're in the, the delivery room at the same time as Sarah Paulson. And, a, another famous a French guy man. I yeah, I think Spanish. A
1: Spanish man.
0: <laughs> yes, and they're like racing to see who will give birth first in the new year to to win the twenty five thousand dollars. I
1: think line. I say a French man, not just because of accident or whatever, but also because this is a very French farcical premise to me. <laughs> to be yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. this comedy of manners in the hospital, though, who's going to give a birth to their I'm child see if I first? Can...
0: Till Schweiger. Also my- German. Oh, he's German. Okay.
1: God bless. Uh, Also, my coworker was named Phil. Everybody out there screaming at your phones.
0: (laughs) I I also just remember that my friend Naomi changed her name to Chantal.
1: Okay, great. So So you can all all, put your your tweets away. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have completely forgotten what this German actor's name is. Could you please repeat it?
0: Uh, What the what was? (laughs) The
1: German actor's name.
0: Oh, uh, I don't, uh, Till Schweiger, T-I-L, T-I-L Schweiger. Schweiger. I don't know. I'll look him up on IMDb real quick. Okay. But that storyline in general, I think is working. The other storyline that I was surprised that I ended up liking more than the others was the Zac Efron, Michelle Pfeiffer sure. storyline. Uh, and that storyline is Michelle Pfeiffer is like a very mousy, like secretary, scared of everything, scared to live in New York woman. Zach Efron discovers that she has this New Year's uh, resolutions list that she didn't complete last year. And she has tickets to like a big fancy Kella, ball. Yeah. And uh, Zach Efron makes a deal with her that he will, he will complete all the New Year's resolutions on her list. If she gives him the tickets and her New Year's resolutions are stuff like go to Bali, walk every borough in one day, etc. cetera. And he finds ways to do that within New York city. So yep. like he takes her to an immersive spa that is like, it looks like Bali. He yeah. takes her to the New York Miniature Museum so she can walk around a miniature version of All New York in, boroughs, in like yeah. ten minutes. Yeah, and that you know I have yeah. some issues with his characterization, and sure. I think some things on her list could yep. have been more fun. But in general, I I was surprised how it's well a very that
1: story worked. Hundred deeds, for Eddie McDowell. My name is Earl. It's very exactly. Uh, be and kind. I, rewind. Uh, yeah.
0: Yes, and that's. And I think that that particular story again is served really well by being in New York City. Yes, I don't know that they totally use that no. element as much as they could. Aside from the fact that like they go to the miniature museum, right. which is in New York City, but...
1: but I didn't know that until this movie. Like, <laughs> have you, uh, you've seen the John Wicks, right? Or some of them, yeah. or one of them? Yeah, uh, I've uh, seen all three. Oh, great, love those movies. But yeah, the geography of the of New York in that movie is totally fucked. Yeah. But. I have to stop myself every time I start to complain about it, to be like, yeah, only New Yorkers care about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally no one else who's watching this gives two shits. So it's a movie. It's a fantasy movie. R- relax. But yeah, with this, it is, you're choosing to set it in New York. There's opportunity for greater things that you're not doing. It's not just that they got street names wrong or whatever. It's that it doesn't really factor in as much as it could.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. That being said, yes. I think I think the premise is solid and my notes are like punching up instead of like fundamentally yeah. changing. Yeah. Also, I love seeing Michelle Pfeiffer as like a mousy little nerd because sure. I think of when I think of Michelle Pfeiffer, I think of Catwoman. Yes. Uh and like sex pot like yeah. hottest woman well, alive. That is ever. how
1: they start that movie, is she is a mousy little nerd and Dies, I, know, but I and have then turns the into, cat into Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> I have the Catwoman sure, image sure. seared into my brain. Sure. So
0: seeing her as that yeah. uh, was fun. One little thing that I have about that storyline is John Lithgow is in it as her mean music boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is again just to rip off Love Actually, I think, because a big storyline in Love Actually mm-hmm. is working within the music business. Yeah.
1: And that actually and factors into mean, Love, Actually. but it,
0: it, it factors in heavily into Love, yeah. Actually. And there are musical performances in of New course. Year's Eve that are, that are uh, you know, Perfect quote unquote, and good. Essential to the quote-unquote plot.
1: <laughs> Memorable they're and least, fun.
0: <laughs> there are at least more germane to their story. Yes. John Lithgow could have been any suit.
1: So this gets back to the Apatow thing. I don't know if you ever talked about on Mike, but the idea that some, uh, in the same way that famos get so famous, they can't be normal people anymore. It, famous creatives get so successful that they can't imagine having any other job but something tertiarily involved in the entertainment right. industry. Because so. even Zach Efron is an office delivery guy in the music business, yeah. <laughs> so, like it just yeah, can't yeah.
0: My other main note about Zac Efron's story is like I don't know that I totally buy Zac Efron, at least not this performance as a bike messenger. No. He is unlike any bike messenger I know, and yeah. I know lots of them because <laughs> they're stand-up comedians. How, have
1: you seen um, Premium Rush?
0: No, I have seen uh, I have seen episode two of John Glazer loves gear. <laughs> okay, where, fair enough. Where Premium Rush is referenced.
1: Okay, I think let's maybe add that to our list. It could be. It might be tuxedo it might rock for us but it okay. might could also be uh, an abomination so we, let's just keep it in mind That's anyway yeah but yeah it's definitely a uh, he's definitely a, a manic pixie dream boy which is not as eye roll because we just don't see it as much mm-hmm. and again this is an anthology-esque movie so it's you're not looking for real three-dimensional characters because you're only mm-hmm. going to see so much of them i don't know it, it yeah it, it's it's look it's zach efron it's not he's not playing a character
0: yes so those are my two storylines that are working for me. And what
1: are there five more?
0: <laughs> Who knows? We're gonna go through them all. <laughs> now, I personally, the storyline that I like the least is Leah Michelle and Ashton sure. Kutcher. Part of that I think is informed by the fact that I know that neither of them are particularly good people in real life. Oh, what's the, <laughs> um, what's
1: the tell dish? Dish. Well,
0: Leah Michelle is like famously like horrible to people on set. Okay. A while ago, there was like a, one of her black cast members.
1: Uh No. What what is this? I don't,
0: I don't remember the details, Uh but it, it was stuff about how Leah Michelle had been shitty to her and basically implied like, you don't deserve to be here. Maybe not explicitly because Uh, of her race, but it happened at the same time as like, uh, like a lot of the black lives matter protests. So it's kind of all in my head at the same time. Gotcha. Uh, So she's like famously not a nice person. And then, Ashton Kutcher, I just read a big article about. Oh. He is like...
1: <laughs> he used to pretend that people were being evicted <laughs> from their homes, <laughs> yes. so that there was yes. seizures,
0: seizures <laughs> um,
1: from their house. No, I'm kidding. I'm referencing punk Go ahead.
0: He is like, he's like weirdly involved with some kind of charity that I don't know if he uh-huh. founded or what, that's supposed to save uh, children from like child trafficking situations, uh-huh. but is very much used to like put legitimate sex workers in jail.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. That sucks.
0: I don't know how much of that is his yeah. doing, but it like there was there was like a bunch of stuff gotcha. that came out about it a few weeks ago. Okay. So that is probably informing my dislike of their story sure. a little bit. What what I think this movie in general gets wrong is their casting. Yep. <laughs> um, like if you and I were walking into this movie to completely rewrite it after all of these celebrities had been cast and we had to use these celebrities, mm-hmm. I think we could have Given almost every celebrity in this movie a character that is like more suited, suited to what they shrinks, would do yeah. or just more of a character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in Ashton Kutcher and Leah Michelle's story, Ashton Kutcher and Leah Michelle, they live in the same apartment building in Bushwick or something. Clearly, like a converted warehouse or, or like a cool apartment mm-hmm. that when I was a freshman at NYU, I would be like, oh, I can't believe I'm hanging out here. It's so cool. And he hates New Year's. He is
1: a Scrooge for New Year's.
0: Yeah, he is a New Year's Scrooge. You know all
1: of those
0: people who... Well, here's the thing. I know a lot of people who are like, ugh, why do you want to go to a big party? Ugh, New Year's.
1: Of course.
0: But this guy thinks like New Year's should be illegal. This guy hates New Year's. He's taking
1: down decorations like that yes
0: yes his building put up decorations and he's ripping them down in the hallways being like it's against code or something he gets trapped in the elevator with his new neighbor leah michelle who is a backup supposed... singer
1: for jensen
0: for jensen who is bon jovi and and she is trying to get to the the new year's eve performance in Times square before the ball which drops. your call and now time has to be
1: way before she's
0: your late. call time is like noon, <laughs> noon?
1: yeah like come on
0: <laughs> um regardless, it's a movie. I'll think uh, Yeah, that. it's
1: the John Wick thing. I'm like, why Why do I care about the minutiae of the call times of the New Year's Eve? Like, <laughs> relax. It's a movie. Chill out. Yeah.
0: So they get stuck in an elevator together and, needless to say, fall in love. Mm. Part of my issue, it's like the Kroger brand story. It's yeah. like it's like the most generic story yeah. that they could
1: it's have a come si- up with. It's, the, it's a sitcom C-plot in yes. taking up t- real estate in a picture yeah. <laughs> like in a movie
0: yes and also uh, oh what i was saying about the characters not being cast mm. totally right is ashton kutcher is supposed to play this misanthrope he is a professional illustrator right? comic he book makes, artist yes he's a comic book artist he is basically presented as this like schlubby brooklyn right. guy he you should know, be
1: I- being played by joel david moore give it a google
0: <laughs> joel david moore
1: he's a that guy
0: oh this guy yeah yes yes this would have been ideal we're operating by the rules that we have yes to... of course joel david moore hold on let me pull up his his imdb so our listeners at home don't have to Brr, boy i don't know what you guys would know him from hatchet uh,
1: um fucking art school he confidential avatar Colin. apparently
0: yeah, he he's making bank on Avatar. He's in every single one as Norm the hottie Spellman.
1: and the naughty.
0: He was in Bones as Colin Fisher.
1: Dodgeball. He's one of the dodgeball gang.
0: Yeah, he he is the he is a that guy actor. Ooh,
1: CBGB. Let's also add that to the list. Ooh, okay. Yeah.
0: You know, since we can't get yeah. that guy,
1: I just say that not as a, as a fix, but as a vibe of what we're talking.
0: Sure. About. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just don't buy like. Tall, very handsome Ashton
1: Kutcher. He's in a bathrobe, or he's supposed to be. It took him a year to grow that beard.
0: Yeah. I, like, I just don't buy that yeah. particular character for yeah. him. Yeah. Leah Michelle, I think her character was fine, but the moment that he falls in love with her is when she starts singing in the elevator because <laughs> she's a beautiful singer, yeah, yeah. and that sucks ass. Well,
1: that is the tipping point. I do think what starts before that is when she call- starts calling him out on his shit, which is yeah. a very... Once again, this is a movie that is... It's 2011, wow, wow. You if you, before watching this you couldn't have told before this podcast you couldn't have told me there was such a 2011 vibe, and now yeah. watching this movie like yep Leah Michelle and Ashton Kutcher like that this is the last like is that, what has Ashton Kutcher done since this movie wise I, I don't think much
0: he just the ranch I think right. the ranch is his big thing
1: and this is like the last gasp of that and uh, and and Glee is what a year in two years in
0: something like that yeah
1: so th- this is a sliver in time where this was possible.
0: Yes. So this is this is ultimately the most generic story that I can think of with, uh, like, an actor who I think is very miscast and, you know, both actors who I think are not especially likable. So and, my I texted you this.
1: Oh, well, I'm sorry. And no, 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 go ahead. This is, is this Penny or Gary Marshall who directed this? Gary, right? Gary. That's another thing. This is a Gary Marshall directed picture, so it is very... there. There's no flavor to it. It's... Yeah. C- you know, I, we only we can only really fix the writing on the show under our bounds. But like, I don't know. You can make this work with direction. <laughs> like any any of these, yeah. Any of these stories could be a feature, a shorter, much much shorter feature film, fleshed out and given more character, and then yeah, shot better. Like I would, yeah. People, I a sub 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 genre that I do appreciate is people getting stuck in places, and the whole movie takes yeah, place in that thing. it's a bottle episode. It's that's great. A,
0: that's a whole. Yeah, that's thing. a whole
1: sitcom thing too. Yeah, sure. There's problem with the writing as well. I'm not saying direction would save it, but like when it is just flatly, <laughs> this guy talks. All right, yeah. we got that shot. All right, now she's gonna to react. Like yeah. that's it. <laughs> like and there's nothing else. Like the camera never moves. There's never another shot. It's yeah. uh not the most exciting. So
0: so the very stripped down version of their plot is he's a misanthrope, she's in the elevator with him, and she's like, Let me guess. A, a few years ago a girl broke your heart on New Year's Eve, and now you're now you'll never go out on New Year's Eve again. And he's like, Oh, you got me, and then he draws a picture of her, and then he's like, You have to sing for me, and she's like, I can't possibly sing for you, which is like, <laughs> you're about to go sing on national television yeah. on one of the most watched broadcasts of the year. If you're like career... I get how it's weird to sing to another person. Sure but if but, your job in instance, is to like, sing you're yeah. down to
1: sing at the drop of a hat i like yeah. that's <laughs> that's just if you've devoted your life to it you're you, it's not the same thing as like oh you're a comedian tell me a joke like it's still as rude don't get me wrong yeah but uh, they don't but have the same easier <laughs> yeah they don't have the same neuroses about it is the vibe i got from uh, every singer i've ever met but yeah go ahead yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. And so they they fall in love and they're about to kiss. And then their landlord, who is, of course, Jim Belushi, mm. fixes their elevator. And she runs uh, to get to the New Year's performance on time. And he's like, wait, you forgot your... And then she's already gone. And then he puts on his coat, despite the fact that he hates New Year's, over his pajamas. Oh,
2: boy. He yep.
0: goes to the New Year's performance. He says, you forgot your wristband. Which is insane because they made a big deal of showing us her backstage pass that she needs to get into the New Year's concert. And how so does he get sense? there
1: by to show her, give her the wristband? By lying about being the drummer. Yep. <laughs> so you don't need the wristband.
0: Yes. Which, so, again,
1: you could argue that was just an excuse that he needed to get himself to go after this person and take this leap. The mm-hmm. movie does not make that argument. But like. Yes. That I could see it. Uh,
0: yes. And and I think it is just as meaningful for him to be like, New Year's Eve means nothing to me and I hate it, but this person, this night is important for her. Sure. I have to give her this pass yeah. so that she can achieve her dream, yeah. which would have made more sense. But that is within the story as exists. I texted you this. Oh, yes. I think a more interesting story would be if, Two hot people are trapped in an elevator on New Year's Eve, and they're like, "Oh, this is going to be our New Year's Eve story." Mm-hmm. And then they fucking hate each other. Right? Yeah. And then, uh, and we can talk more about specifics, and yeah, we can yeah, also yeah. change it. But my proposal for that, because I have a, I have another pitch for the musical number at the end, would be that she then runs out of the elevator. But drops her pass, and Ashton Kutcher is like, "You, uh, you forgot your, eh? Fuck it, whatever." And then he doesn't give it to her, and mm. she can't get on stage.
1: Mm. And then
0: I, and then I have a pitch for Great. that later. Well,
1: let's then let's but move on, and we'll circle back to that.
0: That intersects with somebody else's storyline. Yeah. So if you want, if yeah, you want to say your thing,
1: oh, I don't remember what my thing was. Okay. Uh, the only thing I'm sitting on is more of a general, once again, philosophical <laughs> macro thing about movies at large, less about this specific movie, but. Well, I can hit that at any lull that we need. You know,
0: I also have a macro thing. Okay. About New Year's. Hit it. So part of the reason that I'm pitching this like nightmare elevator scenario where I think let's embrace the singers you have met. And she's like, I have to sing tonight, but I couldn't possibly. Well, I guess I could show you. And he's like, please don't sing. (laughs) Um, That could be fun. But here's the thing about New Year's. This movie embraces the concept of New Year's as like a time of love. Which it is for some people. Yeah. You, like, what do you see on midnight? You see a lot of people at kissing at midnight. Yeah. Or you, what do you see on New Year's? You see a lot of p- people kissing at midnight. You also see a lot of girls crying in puddles. Right. You know, <laughs> like, New Year's is not yeah. sweet in the same way that Christmas is. Like, on New well, Year's Eve,
1: hmm. there's a reality to Christmas that isn't depicted as much. Or if it is, it's very much uh, the f- fake edgelord version of it.
0: But it's not, I mean, sh- like the. I guess the equivalent of that for a Christmas movie would be Santa Con. But New Year's right. Eve specifically is messy.
1: I see what you mean. There's. It's not so much the shadow of the thing. It is the tech. It, it is, is the tech. It is yeah.
0: fundamentally part yes, of it. I see. Good <laughs> it's call. It's like Good call. 3 a.m. New York City's a nightmare. Yep. <laughs> um, like bartenders work that night and fucking hate it, but just rake in money. Yeah. Uh, like, there's so much more to New Year's Eve than just love stories, and I get that, like, I know who the yeah. audience for this movie is. Right. But we're not writing for them. We're writing for us.
1: Sure. Well, again, I'll get more into that in a minute, but I think my biggest issue with this movie truly is if you're going to call it New Year's Eve, it might, honestly, this movie might as well be called A Concert. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, New Year's, like, the Michelle Pfeiffer one excluded because that is explicitly yeah. about I have 10 hours well, to accomplish yes. okay. my year so,
0: so the Michelle Pfeiffer one and also the Seth Meyers one and I think that's why I liked those yeah. two the I, best Seth Meyers to a different extent because it doesn't have to it be it has nothing to do with the concert
1: yeah but however, it doesn't however
0: like I do think it's a fun idea sure Within the within this
1: story, I, it's that, certainly a thing. If, if if the other if the remaining X were stronger, New York, New, New Year's plant flagged or flagged planted, <laughs> uh-huh. then yeah, I wouldn't be as re- annoyed about it not being super New Year's EV that one specifically. But when the ratio is pretty much one to six or whatever, that's where the nitpicks start getting stronger. You yeah. know, um, I'll get into my big general thing before we move on to the other stories. I texted you, and again, I don't know if these words are the right words. One thing I walked away with this movie from is that I feel that these movies, um, or movies like these, the tone, this very same thing I was just dunking on Marshall about, being flat, and just covered shots or whatever, are necessary. <laughs> we need these movies. Because right now, and I, as a person who does bathe in the Marvel River and all of that, like, I understand people who don't like that, and then I understand why they don't, and then how they are, you know, ruining the business. Obviously, the business has changed quite a bit since their their, their last finale anyway, but the idea is pretty much there are two types of movies, Marvel movies and not Marvel movies now. These are the types of movies are complete... Like, it's it's. I guess it's been nine years. I was going to say it hasn't been that long, but yeah, you know, it's been nine years. There are things said that are so... What the kids would call cringe... <laughs> and said with such sincerity in this movie that I found it so refreshing. Because yeah. as much as I love a, a Tim Robinson or a birthday boy or a, a whoever is the more mainstream equivalent of that, you have to have a base reality to subvert. And kids these days <laughs> only know Deadpool... And they're YouTubers pointing out Easter eggs in Deadpool movies. Like, obviously, that's a gross, gross, gross oversimplification. But mm-hmm. this is a, this movie is the equivalent of running to stop somebody at the airport. In a, You yeah. know, like, and I'm not just saying it's a romantic comedy. Obviously, it is. But, like, that specific trope of, like, <laughs> I don't know. The airline food jokes, right? Mm-hmm do you think a kid has ever actually heard an airline food joke or just people <laughs> referencing about how there are too many airline food jokes? Mm-hmm. So to me, this feels like, yeah, I don't know that I love a slice, a plain slice of untoasted bread, but I sure need that <laughs> in my life <laughs> at some yeah. point. Like, and again, I got I'm not saying everyone necessary is in the right word because I don't think anyone needs to watch this movie. <laughs> like that is not the argument but, I'm making.
0: But, culture 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 needs, needs this style like this to build to, off
1: yes of. yes They're, and also
0: like i don't begrudge people who are like uh i had a tough week at work i want to oh. go watch a nice movie
1: absolutely not yeah that's not that that's my
0: doesn't challenge
1: that's me. not my like, argument either is that uh, yeah, yeah that's i so over the course of quarantine and being a newlywed i have learned to love reality television unironically because uh, also working nights Getting home and having only so much time before I have to, like not have to, uh-huh. but feel the you know, go to bed. It is like yeah, as much as I want to watch this movie. I just got home. I'm tired, and we only have this much time. I'd rather just throw on something that I don't really have to think about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't feel any professional jealousy towards. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it is just this perfect. Like it's the stimuli being sent to my brain. I can check my phone during it, not miss a single thing, not feel bad about whatever. So I, I understand the, the the value. I guess is what ultimately what I'm getting. And Maybe necessary isn't the the most accurate word, but I am seeing the value of this mm-hmm. style of movie more and more. Because also speaking of ruining the business, uh, you know Netflix is where you find all of the movies that Marvel has killed, right? Yeah. And the Netflix versions. No disrespect, are just never gonna be as maybe not never i don't want to say never but like they've done some great stuff that i really like Mm -hmm. but it still feels like netflix Mm -hmm. and for as flat and flavorless as this movie is it still felt like a capital m movie Mm -hmm. and that the marriage of those two worlds of (sighs) (laughs) what you see is what you get earnestness again we talk about sincerity maybe not them as much on the podcast but like how that has a lot of baggage to it especially within the world of comedy or whatever and I don't know that this movie is necessarily any more sincere <laughs> but it is less ironic I, I don't know how to to, 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 to to walk how to walk that line it's still fake it's still silly but it's not trying to it's it's not it's, shrek it's, it's not <laughs>
0: yeah rather than rather than commenting on itself i think it's like intentionally aspirational i think there's an element to this movie i've talked to you about this i don't remember if i talked about it on the pod but i listen to a lot of like self-help podcasts Mm -hmm. not because i want the information that they're giving but because i like listening to them create the person that they wish they were (laughs) on the podcast because that's what most like your tim ferris's and stuff like they like built the industry but your mid-tier podcasts are people who like what do you have going on in your life besides this podcast yeah. and they want to make themselves into their version of tim Ferriss or whatever yeah. and i like that and i think this movie serves a, a similar purpose yeah. in in that it's like it's a new york city where there aren't girls crying in puddles i actually right. made a list the, of stuff
1: in the same way that john wick is a fantasy movie But instead of swords and sandals and dragons, it's guns and golden medallions or whatever. This movie is about the magic of Christmas, but (laughs) it's it's about New Year's Eve and more Uh grounded. It's not about belief in Santa Claus, but it is belief of this magic of, you know, leaving one's heart open and that's how love finds its way in. That style of belief in magic that is just as, you know... I'm not trying to be a New Year's Eve Scrooge about it, but like, yeah, that, that's just as much of a, of a, of a magic and fantastical idea as True Love's Kiss waking one up from death, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's less about irony and more about, well, no, irony is a part of this, but cynicism. This is not a cynic, in the text of the film, it's not a cynical movie. Its existence might be cynical, but what you're actually watching is not. Yeah. And I think that is what, again, desire is not even the right word. I want it to be there still. Even if I never, mm-hmm. I want the option, uh, you know, even if I mm-hmm. never intend to go see it, I I want it still to be out there for those who do.
0: Yeah. Well, you and I have also talked about like a lot of, like we were both fairly sheltered kids and a lot of like our interpretation of the world Yes. comes from movies yes. and TV shows. And if I was a kid now and all of the movies and TV shows were self-referential of self-referential of existing, pro- like yeah. you know, there's just there's no yeah. there there <laughs> yeah, and I'm interested to see like what like today's ten year olds end up making, you know, in ten twenty years,
2: because
0: sure. it'll be so wildly different from from like the way that my brain functions because right. that's the world they come up came up in yeah. I don't think it'll be worse, but I do think it will be be different, Definitely. and I I do hope that some of them have have the base reality for of it. Okay, so to get back to the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I I made a list of some stuff. These are, I think, ideas that we can't put into our rewrite, just given the constraints of like sticking with the filmmaker's intentions. Mm -hmm. But if I were making a vignette-style interconnecting stories movie about New York City on New Year's, I would have a story about like probably two girls and two guys who go to a club and both girls end up crying. One of them's losing a shoe. The two guys end up fist-fighting each other. I would want a story about that New Year's. I would want a story about like the kind of people who go to Times Square like wearing a diaper mm. because they're going to be at the celebration mm-hmm. all night.
1: That is crazy that that's not in here. As just like I've talked about it before, agree. of like the earbud commentators where you just get two improvisers in to shoot their thing in yeah. one day. It doesn't have to affect anything, just cut back for jokes over and over again. Uh-huh. How that is not in here is wild.
0: Yeah. And it is—it's two Midwestern people who are right. like, we're gonna, we're gonna camp out in Times Square. We're gonna watch the ball drop, and I, we are gonna be prepared. We're gonna get there first thing in the morning and stay there all day because I want to do this. And this then year.
1: Ken Jong floats in to be like, "Hey guys, it's <laughs> still going good. All right, gotta go. See ya." <laughs> <You> <laughs> right, it's Nick. Swar- it's Nick Swartzen and uh, <laughs> is Jonah Hill being serious yet? Yeah, I think he's he's too serious. I think this so world. Justin Long,
0: Justin Long great option i think this could be early manzoukas maybe this could Whoa. be like one of Manzucas's early roles well in
1: that case yeah it is just it's like at that
0: point like, rob hubel in 11 and... he was like still on ass right? right
1: yeah oh yeah definitely yeah but yeah yeah so it's rob hubel and jason Manzucas uh perfect. to really shake <laughs> things up a bit yeah perfect cool.
0: i would want to see just a regular ass boring house party like just a regular like you go to your friend's apartment in boreham hill yeah and it's just like kind of a nice night. Yeah, it's nice. And then maybe it is like it, it could be anything. It could be like maybe it's a bunch of fucking nerds who are playing board games that night, which is what calling for personal and I experience. <laughs> uh, and, well, here's the thing: I don't play board games because I don't like board games. Yeah. So I go to my friend's house and they play board games yep. and I read a book. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so that's what my so like something like that. And then also like what about like like everybody in this movie is. Almost exactly the same age. <laughs> um, so like what about like an old couple? What yeah. about like a like an eighty year old couple in New York City? How are they celebrating New Year's? Like I those are the kind of stories I would have put in my New Year's movie. Yeah, Another you get a story, young
1: doorman who's working at a at a place, he has to work that night, and yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and he's mad he has to work, and then uh, you know, the old couple is like, Well, can you come upstairs and help us with something? And, and they're swingers. And- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, yeah, that's, that's I'm it. sorry. That's more of a 2013 version. My bad. We're ahead of our time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The another story I would have put in, which we will get to fixing this in a little bit. But I thought what was going to happen is Josh Duhamel is a, at a wedding upstate, and then has a hard time getting back to New York City mm-hmm. in time to go to his big party. I thought that this guy who like only wants the glitz and glamour of a New York City party was going to get stuck at an upstate, yeah, suburban party. Yep. And then have a, end up having a good time, and he didn't, and that was really surprising to me. And that's what the story that I would have
1: weirdly. Done. And this sounds very antithetical to anybody who knows my inner workings with storytelling, but like weirdly, I think this movie concerns itself with connecting these stories too much. Like, I agree; it's just not important. And I
0: think I think the prime example of that is Sarah Jessica Parker's yes. story. Sarah Jessica Parker uh, has uh, like a teenage daughter. Yeah. The teenage daughter wants to go to New Year's uh, in Times Square. Correctly, Sarah Jessica Parker's like, no, you're 13. Yeah. I'm not letting you go there alone. The The daughter goes anyway and then to connect that to another story the only other time no not the only other time no, there's the, more but it the first the first other time it connects is sarah jessica parker calls zac efron and is like oh and then zac efron answers the phone and goes hey sis you know that expression that only exists in let's movies let's look
1: up these these ages huh
0: i did <laughs> okay. i did remember i texted you all right i think they're i think they're like 17 years apart oh,
1: okay something like
0: that so so not impossible but still tough for me to buy yeah like that didn't need to happen especially because we end up finding out that josh duhamel wanted to rush back to the city because he and sarah jessica parker met at a party last year and it was like you know if if we meet each other again in the same spot next year then we'll be a couple or whatever which has its own issues but that's how they were connected that's how Brad Um, paisley
1: tried to get back with his ex-girlfriend really he saw, they saw Father of the Bride together and then they broke in up. In real life or yeah. in a song? No, in real life. And then they broke up. And then when Father of the Bride 2 came out, he took a thing of roses to see it at the same theater at the same time they saw it in hopes that she'd show up. And she didn't.
0: Yeah, of course she didn't.
1: And then he went on to marry one of the daughters from Father of the Bride 2. Really? Yep.
0: Wow. Hey, good for him.
1: I think Brad Paisley's okay. I haven't done much research, but that was the vibe I've always gotten.
0: Sure. I haven't heard anything about yeah, him. Yeah,
1: I think he's okay.
0: So, anyway... Those are, those are all the stories that I would add. I think within the rules of this podcast, we have to work with the existing of course, stories. Yeah, yeah. So, to bring me to my next point, so so Leah Michelle ends up not getting to the big New Year's performance on time. Another story in this movie is Hillary Swank is the party planner for the New Year's Eve celebration, rocking New Year's she's, Eve in Times Square. She's
1: the co head of the Times Square <laughs> Alliance or something? Yeah,
0: the, the, the Times Square Alliance is a real thing. Uh-huh. It's like an urban planning thing. Like, they're no, no, the no. ones who redid Don't it to have seating and that stuff, might be but real she...
1: but i don't yeah.
0: need to... <sighs> i mean it's the equivalent, in any like, movie them talking about the times square alliance is the equivalent of like like in valentine's day if the los angeles city council exactly. was really
1: important exactly. to the plot that's what i'm getting at. <laughs> i just don't yeah. need to hear those yeah.
0: it's very weird but fine she's planning the party she's very stressed out ludicrous is a security oh my God, guard. I
1: completely forgot.
0: Ludacris is a security <laughs> guard at this event. At first, it seems like they're sort of romantically connected, yep. but and then, then it's nope. not. Then he has a wife and kids. Yep. For some reason, she
1: it, surprised like, him by bringing
0: like, the wife and kids yeah. to his job. It's like
1: played <laughs> as a. Oh, but you didn't see that coming, and it's like no, I didn't because it's not. No, important. I didn't because it
0: doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So I think. More fun than having Leah Michelle sing fucking twice in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because at the end oh, she see. she gets a big solo mm-hmm. because Jensen runs off to Jensen who is Bon Jovi runs off to be with Catherine Heigel, who it's insane that Catherine Heigel is not the overworked party planner yep. in this movie. Yep. But instead and then and then when he leaves, Leah Michelle comes comes to the spotlight and sings her song. Have it be ludicrous. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, Let yeah. ludicrous have the big musical <laughs> yeah. number at the end.
1: Right, because then, all right, yeah, we're getting into fixes here. Because, yeah, you could have, again, I don't know why his character's in this movie. He, yeah, so there's a want right there. He's like, you know, I'm a security guard guy. I have a friend who's a delivery boy over at the music thing. And <laughs> I yeah, try to and slip he, and him up. He's
0: trying to get his mixtapes yes. to, to John Lithgow, the music yes. producer. Which then justifies yes. three things that were not justified yep. in the existing movie.
1: And then that's where we get a moment at when there's an empty stage. She doesn't have her backstage pass, so she can't get in. And so Ludacris has to step up. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. funny. It's funny that a security guard saves New Year's Eve. Yeah. yeah. It's...
0: It's better that way. Yeah. So that's my pitch for that. Another issue that I have with the Hillary Swank storyline is a big I don't even want to call it the main hurdle that she overcomes, Wait, I'm but sorry, a big
1: who? Hillary H- H- Swank is what you're saying?
0: Hillary yeah. Hillary Swank, who is the party planner? Yeah. The big ball. The big mm-hmm. ball that drops mm-hmm. won't like We up. all know
1: it. We all love it.
0: <laughs> it yeah, wouldn't be know- the same
1: without it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so the This City's so they're about-
1: economy is built on this ball dropping tonight. <laughs>
0: So they turn on the ball right before it's supposed to drop. It's been working up till this point, but now the light, not all of the lights are working. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know what this means? We've got to call Kaminsky. Yeah. And then Kaminsky is played as this big thing where like she, she vaguely insults him. And then he starts to walk out. And I think like for the Kaminsky thing to matter, when he comes in at the last minute and makes the ball work, he needs to be the long, underappreciated electrician, working class guy, and maybe she's the bitchy event planner who's like, "My job's important, you're the help." Something like that. Or she's just so busy that she doesn't give him the respect. Yeah, that so he instead deserves. of him
1: being posited as the cleaner, like you only call him when you have the unsolvable problem. Uh. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's positioned they're looking for that person. They're like, who can we get in to come do this? And it's this guy who's been under their and nose he's the been time. there yeah, all along. That's better.
0: And then that's why it makes more sense when at the end she get, literally gives him the keys yep. and is like, you're in charge now yep. when she runs off to, yes. to do the rest of her story, which we'll get into later. Uh, she also in, again, in a speech that should have come at the climactic yes. moment of the movie is placed within the first third of the movie when she gives a speech about the, like, The ball doesn't light up and then for some reason she has to give a press conference about how like-
1: She gives a presidential speech.
0: (laughs) Yeah, truly the president should be giving the speech (laughs) where she's like, it's about the meaning of New Year's and about New York City coming together. That's like, what the fuck is this? It's weird that
1: that British Christmas movie invokes 9-11 but this New York movie (laughs) doesn't.
0: Oh, side note, at the end of this movie Mike Bloomberg has a cameo.
1: (laughs) Well, of course. (laughs) <laughs> He's introduced by Ryan Seacrest. This is a movie people yeah. paid $14 to see in San This is right before Soda Ban, right? Uh, <laughs> so that you... sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, we, I think we've hit... The All the storyline. Oh, uh, Robert oh, De Niro no, is dying close. We're
0: not even close you to hitting all the storylines
1: Robert De Niro's dying yeah, so, so
0: Robert De Niro's in the hospital Carrie Elwes, who plays Wesley In uh, Princess Bride, is his doctor And they briefly interact, and then he leaves And then Halle Berry is the Overnight nurse who stays with him
1: Whose husband is in The Middle East
0: is, Yes, whose husband is deployed, common, Yeah, uh, And he's deployed in the Middle East and then she, hold on, this is the movie that I took the most notes on, and I wrote something down for her. Okay, so Common is in the military, and that happens out of nowhere. We, do, we like, she vaguely alludes to, like- I don't got
1: any other plans or something like that, right?
0: Yeah, I don't have any other plans. And then after she gets off of her shift, she puts on a pretty dress, and then she Skypes, Skypes. with Common, but- He's like, this happens out of nowhere and that could for sure use some sort of build up because, because they're Skyping and she goes, I miss you. Like on the verge of tears, yeah. but it's not really earned aside yeah. from the fact that like we all get that it's hard to have a spouse sure. in the military. Like it's so just suddenly happening in her storyline that yeah. it doesn't
1: Well, because it's matter. not her storyline and then it becomes, there's a finale to a character who we knew nothing about besides she wasn't yeah. nurse. Yeah
0: yeah. so that, like, even if it is just in her conversations with her patient where he is asking her, like he and he does sort of be, like a uh, pretty pr- right. he's dying, so he's like, pretty girl like you, know where to go on New Year's. yeah, but like, we need more of that. I think we yeah. need more of her philosophy, like,
1: and you know, nurses, the more pretty nurses get nights off because they have things to do,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how nursing works.
1: I know this is an old. T- fictional sorry character. Sorry, Alice, but, yeah. you're too
0: ugly to, to get New Year's off. <laughs> um, Damn. So they just need a little bit more of an interaction. And then Al Pacino's dying in the hospital. He Robert wants De Niro. To go up, sorry, sorry, Robert De Niro is dying in the hospital. He wants to go up to the roof to see the ball drop.
1: One last time.
0: For so, one last time before he dies. We find out that Hillary Swank has to run to the hospital. One moment that I did like, uh-huh. Josh Duhamel is trying to meet the the woman of his dreams before she escapes and hillary swank also has to run to a meeting and they're running across new york city at the same time and you think yeah, they're running yeah, towards each, they other. each other and then they that's meet good. in the park and then they both look at a clock yep. and then keep running past yeah. each other i i liked that that, that, that is that the fun.
1: spirit of specifically new york new york new years we're all ships moving around each like we're not yeah that's yeah. that actually fulfilled the premise better than most of the things in the movie yeah. is the fact that they don't know each other.
0: And so Hillary Swank runs to the hospital, she sneaks her dad up to the hospital and they go upstairs to watch the ball drop together. But I don't think that the story earns the like quote unquote emotional moment that they have on the roof. Like yeah. it like you never in Hillary Swank's story see her like wrestle with the idea of family or that there's something wrong in her life beyond that she's stressed out about planning this huge event
1: it is a retroactive thing to be like oh that's why she gave such a fucking speech about this thing is because now we know the importance of the ball to her but it's still it does it's not saying it's earned it's just
0: and i didn't especially connect that speech to that moment because the speech itself was so full of platitudes that like there isn't anything specific about it so that whole thing is like it just needs to get more specific i think i think it can even like you know i know i criticized that the leah michelle and ashton kutcher story for being like story tm like generic story but like a generic story fix for this is she's so obsessed with getting this event right because of something in her relationship with her father maybe like like New Year's in her family was was always bad because uh, her mom died on New Year's, mm. or her dad always had to work and could never be home, mm. or some bad event happened on New Year's, and she always wants to make it right to reconnect with her dad in some mm. way. And then, you know, they get to the top of the building. You pulled it off, kiddo.
1: Yeah. Be- <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, this movie's connections. I think that why I am more on the side of. Lose them is because the way they do them aren't stronger. It, it's it's uh, this is where my mind goes, but it's like the f- it's a fun thing in the world of professional wrestling when we can team two people up that we wouldn't necessarily think are together, but the connection makes so much sense that mm-hmm. it's like uh, the uh, they didn't do this, but they had a character named IRS Irwin Arshaeuser, who was a tax man, and they had the Undertaker, and they were going to team them up and have them be called Death and Taxes. And it's like great. yeah, that's dumb and fun and great. They didn't end up doing it, but th- there's this, it feels like, so that's, that's, while it's very broad and big and easy <laughs> to a degree, it, this this movie's connections are more so when it's like, we have these two guys and we have to team them up. Let's come up with a name. Instead yeah. of coming up with the, like, what was a fun thing to do and then, oh, it, it worked, it's perfect. It's like, well, this guy's thing is, uh, he's this, this guy's thing is that. Can we come up with a pun that we change one of the things to to make it fit the thing it's like oh this is a bad example but it's like oh this guy's a a rock star and and this guy is is a baker so their team rock and rolls it's like yeah that's not as clean as death and taxes dude like that works for what you needed tonight yeah but like that clearly you're not building towards that and with obviously with a movie as opposed to with professional wrestling, you have a lot more time and resources and power to change everything to make it point and build up to.
0: Yes, well, especially because you don't have existing characters right. with whole exactly storylines. You're making everybody up. Yeah. So that is sort of my my main fix for for the Hillary Swank story. Uh, 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 fucking um. Robert storyline. Yeah. Other other storylines. So we we mentioned Josh Uml. It looks like he's going to get stuck upstate. He he gets in a family's RV because apparently. This family's not gonna have any problem getting an RV into fucking Manhattan on New Year's.
1: Well, they're not as concerned about any of that shit. They're there to see the Rockets the next day, so whatever. Oh, I
0: thought I thought they were there to see the Rockets that night. No, okay. they say New Year's Eve. I, I, I rescind my statement. Okay, but he gets in an RV with this family who's like ostensibly like kind of religious, but then the grandpa's like a perv. <laughs> Sounds right to and- me. He goes back to the city and he tells this big story about how like last year at my New Year's party, I stepped out to get some pizza. And while I was out there, I met a woman uh, and she changed my life that night. But it, she said that like shit was happening in her life and she couldn't do this right now. But if we both went to the same spot next New Year's, then they'd give it a chance. And so now he's trying to get back to that same spot. For some reason, he's also very stressed out about the big speech he has to give at the at his company event which i don't totally understand i think we can lose the speech element altogether what bothers me the most about his story is that people keep saying like you're a real lothario you only care about women for their looks but that's we don't ever see that being true of him people say it a lot but it's never true at the at the very end when he makes it to his company party there's a bunch of women hanging all over him like Ooh, you got away from me last year. I know what kind of girl you like. Kind we of stuff. all live like, in separate
1: universes happening? that only align on December thirty
0: first. Apparently, and and then he's like, I can't do this anymore. Portal then,
1: closes at midnight. The portal yeah.
0: closes. And it's Halloween Town too. Sorry. The other thing is, so the this uh, again, it's a geography of New York City thing where. He's trying to get to this pizza place. He left the party last year on New Year's to go get pizza. And that's where he ran into the woman that we find out is Sarah Jessica mm. Parker. So they're going back to this pizza place. This party takes place very close to Times Square. It's in Midtown somewhere. I don't remember the cross streets, but they do say them. It mm. it, it is like near Times Square or Grand Central And then or he something. went to get
1: some pizza in Greenpoint.
0: The the pizza place is in fucking Little Italy. Oh, is
1: it? I thought it was Greenpoint. I I thought it was even more ridiculous. But yeah,
0: it might. I mean, it's the. I think those banner like the yeah the were from from San Gennaro Festival. Okay.
1: Either Either way, way, it's too far away.
0: Either way, it's insane that the because they're they're like I left the party for a minute. I stepped out to get pizza. A forty-five minute subway ride (laughs) away. Again, it doesn't matter but What, it, it, what does matter movie.
1: is that For whatever reason, that street Whether, no matter where it is Is completely bare <laughs> On New, <laughs> on Year's, New Eve Year's Eve In New York because City Because
0: the pizza place is under construction Yep Whether it's in Greenpoint or it's in Little yep. Italy That street's it's covered with people covered on with New people.
1: Year's people. Eve uh, I think and the Josh- idea is that It's New York City, so everyone There's just a giant magnet in Times Square Drawing everyone there <laughs> Which again is playing a, into the That would be a cool New Year's movie. <laughs> well, that's what I'm trying to say, though. This movie is a fairy tale in that sense where it's like it's it's not supposed to be realistic. The portal closes at midnight. Yeah. Like that is yeah. everyone's thing with this movie. And so yeah, this is the night of year that the entire population of the world occupies Times Square or is at home in bed. Nothing yeah. in between.
0: So my main fix for the Joshua M. L story is yeah. like, let's see him yeah either don't make him a lothario or let's see him be one and and i think the much more fun version is just have him get up get stuck upstate and meet somebody up there yes uh but that's not an option he comes back he meets sarah jessica
1: yeah okay so hold on if that (coughs) if to, to go that route i like that route to seeing seeing him stuck up there have it be he's got like This movie, this is too bold of a choice for I think this movie, but like the hottest call girl in the world is waiting for him in his Manhattan loft. Like he is. I
0: think. I think right now it would be Margot Robbie. Two thousand
1: eleven. Maybe Megan Fox. We gotta. That's that's we're in between those two arrows perfectly. Jeez. But anyway, we don't have to see her though. That's the thing. It's, It's 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 sure. It's he you know he's a Lotharo, lothario and his conquest is waiting for him there he's a yeah. bad person but he's, he wants to see her because she's hot and he's you know and so ins- instead of us hearing about this chance meeting he had last year and hoping to rekindle it let's just have this be the year that he steps out of a shitty party that he's trapped yeah. at
0: yeah let's just have him meet her this year. <laughs>
1: yes and then that's that's it and again, and that's that better. may have been a version that existed, but they're like, well, how is Sarah Jessica Parker going to be the mom in New yes. York? And so be let's get
0: let's get to her story. Uh-huh. I think this story is kind of a mess. Yeah. And not not the least of which is because. So here's here's why it's a problem to have all of these celebrities, because throughout the movie, until she gives herself a, a makeover, to meet Josh Duhamel in in a silver dress, which, by the way, I don't think looks that good. Mm. But fine, suspend my disbelief. She's stunning in this silver dress. She's supposed to be like a frumpy, overwrought, doesn't take care of herself because she has kids kind of mom. But Sarah Jessica Parker's whole thing is fabulous. New York City, fabulous clothes. So in the scene where it's like, oh my God, uh, uh, her daughter, is it Chloe Grace Moretz? No,
1: it is Abigail Breslin.
0: Abigail Breslin. Uh, so when her daughter is like, Mom, why don't you go out and meet guys? And she's like, I talked to a guy. And she's like, you didn't wear the clogs, did you? And then it cuts to the clogs. And this is, they're like fabulous high fashion clogs <laughs> yeah. with shearling lining. You can't let Sarah Jessica Parker actually play a frumpy mom. Right. Like, you don't want to do that. And so that doesn't, like, it. It her story doesn't work because yeah. you're not selling it to me. Yeah. I don't need, like, I'll suspend my disbelief about some things, but Sarah Jessica Parker lives in a brownstone, has a perfect wardrobe for like a working mom during a cold winter and seems to like have her shit together. And has like
1: a nice fun energy. Like she's not being that strict either. She's
0: not being strict. She's saying, no, you're 13 years old. I'm not letting you go out alone with your friends to Times Square yeah. on New Year's, which is 100% reasonable. Yep. So one thing that I thought the story was going to, uh, uh, obviously, uh, Abigail Breslin sneaks out to go to to New Year's. What I thought was going to be really cool was Abigail Breslin sees the boy that she was going to kiss kissing another girl
2: mm-hmm.
0: and immediately is upset. And mm-hmm. at this point, Sarah Jessica Parker has has run to catch up with her And just at the moment when Abigail Breslin breaks down crying, Sarah Jessica Parker's there and, Mm. and, uh, you know, can't be mad at her because of what she just witnessed. And I thought that this was going, like, I think it's cool to have a story be about, like, young love falling apart. Yes. And, like, being a teenager and just getting your heart fucking broken on what's supposed to be the most romantic night of the year. But then the story ends with the boy showing up and being like, oh, hey, I'm sorry, that was a total accident. She kissed me. Do you still want to go out? Sure. And she's like, okay. And then Sarah Jessica Parker's like, well, go for it. And it's like, no. a classic,
1: (laughs) fresh go-to, but this is, and I've now coined this term, a misuse of magic. Yeah. When I complain about the dad coming back, you can't have the dad come back and it not be a trick. That's a misuse of magic. Mm -hmm. Like, I still don't love this, but it should be, That should be. It could be uh, she once again finds uh, that there are other boys out there and it's the potential that is the same very magic she thought she felt towards that other guy or a mother's love and that she's not alone.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say, because this movie does try so hard to wedge in the parental relationship with Hillary Swank and fucking Robert De Niro. It's so easy to do it with this mother-daughter relationship right there. Yep.
1: And And, I got to say, I've spent more New Year's with my mom than with a love interest. Like, that's such an important (laughs) person in your life. Come on.
0: Yeah. And that is, like, much more interesting and, again, shows, like, different parts of New York City, different kinds of relationships, different ways to celebrate New Year's Eve. You
1: have a spoonful of realism in there in Mm -hmm. this heightened whatever world. Yeah, to th- and that's okay. It doesn't have to ruin everything. You don't have to prove Ashton Kutcher right, but like, yeah, it's... and
0: it's it's. I think it's fun.
1: Wait a minute, wait a minute. Going back to an old fix. Sorry, just so I don't forget. Uh-huh. Ludacris performs as d- with Michelle Pfeiffer because that's the last item on our oh, list. Yes, to... her last. yes
0: that's amazing and then and then she doesn't she doesn't have to be a good singer but she can do the equivalent of like uh you know in bust a move there's the the female singer just goes
1: "Ah, you got it yeah hey yeah
0: "Ah." that's what michelle (laughs) i love that also by the way the, the most insane thing in this movie to me is that when the clock struck midnight and everybody is celebrating they didn't cut to the delivery room and have Sarah Paulson and Jessica Biel just screaming because they're both <laughs>
1: delivering babies. You
0: have to, you yeah. have to cut to that. Yeah,
1: But I do, I think that's just, too risque for a gary marshall movie right now that in that uh, era yes, he's just a over funny it joke that fits <laughs> uh, he was making sitcoms where you weren't allowed to have a man and a woman in a bed at the same time like he, he's, he's very reserved
0: true i did like i did like the penny marshall of course, cameo. Of course that was very funny but I, i've said this on podcasts before but like there is something about teenage love mm. that is like like I like I am in love with my boyfriend. I have had uh, you know, much more emotionally robust. I know where you're going yeah, yeah, yeah. kinds of love. Like the love that I am capable of now is so much like deeper and better than what I was capable of. Right. But it's of not in as strong. Yeah. I'm never gonna love anybody with the reckless abandoned yes. that I loved the white guy with dreadlocks that I was right. in love with in high school. And like I like seeing that in movies because that's a fun thing Yep. even though it sucks for Abigail Breslin in the moment like that's a fun thing to explore if the whole fucking movie is about love and right. different ways of
1: loving right. Yeah. so
0: that uh, there's that uh, now we're on to the Katherine Heigl Jensen
1: <sighs> this is plot. the last one right because I'm we're about to have a new year of our own here in a minute so
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the last okay. one so the Katherine Heigl Bon Jovi plot is that Catherine Heigl is a famous chef, mm. like on the cusp of fame, I guess, mm-hmm. who, like, it is a big deal that she booked this big party that Josh Duhamel is speaking at, and which I assume is like the the John Lithgow party also. Sure. But it's a big deal. She's a chef. She's catering this event. This is like a big, big deal for her. Jensen, who is Bon Jovi, John- John bon Jovi. Uh, and is a big musical art- artist, is her ex-fiance, I guess and he asked her to marry him, and then he got cold feet and went on tour and and kind of ghosted her. And now he's trying to make it up to her. Her sidekicks are Sofia Vergara.
1: I I completely forgot that Sofia Vergara
0: was in. Sophia Vergara is in this. Oh Sophia Vergara goodness. is in this movie, playing the part of Sophia Vergara. Vergara. There's a point in the movie where Sophia Vergara is a sous chef, and she's wearing a chef's jacket that is so low cut that the only thing I can think about is like, if you get if you splash hot grease somewhere, you'll die. Yeah, like, <laughs> Yeah, <Yabba. Yabba. laughs> Hey, I'm the, not complaining. The, huh? the other, <laughs> the like a tricky thing about this mm. movie is that with the exception of Halle Berry. Who is playing a nurse? Yeah. All the people of color in yeah. this movie are sidekicks. Yep. <laughs> They're all like the help. Ludacris yep. is a security guard yep. and second fiddle to Hillary Swank's story. Sofia Vergara and the the guy whose name I can't remember, but he is also a that guy actor.
1: In what role in this movie?
0: The the Indian guy who is I Sophia don't know Vergara's his name off the top friend. of my head either. Russell Peters
1: mm, doesn't ring a bell.
0: I think I could be wrong. The other thing yes, that Russell they, Peters
1: they could also use some more gay folks in this movie as well. By the way.
0: Boy could they yeah. Boy could they use any I mean
1: this movie is
0: diversity. <laughs> I mean
1: sure, but this movie is decidedly straight in a way that is like yeah. that also yeah. felt like and... is on the way out of 2011 as well. Yes.
0: And the the one thing I will say in their defense and this is maybe just me trying to justify my own choices is uh-huh. I am currently writing this big romantic <laughs> comedy for Audible uh-huh. and I really tried to put in like uh, you know as many like gay you tried to be more as different. I could. Yeah, yeah. And then I ran into the problem of like, well, I don't want to make my main character gay or even bi because it feels weird for me as a straight sure. woman to be writing yep. a gay character. But then I don't want to make her best friend gay either because <laughs> that's a problem.
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: um, and then yeah. I don't want to make the minor characters gay because that
1: right.
0: also feels like weirdly just throwing them a bone. Right. So so like I do understand why that's a problem. But in a story that is vignettes that take place yeah. in new york city easily, easily 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 get one of them to be a gay yes. storyline uh so we'll at throw that out least. there at, yeah, least. at least so uh anyway back to back to katherine heigl and, and bon jovi oh, yeah,
1: yeah. who by the way are 15 years apart so they yes so you know. again yeah,
0: not not impossible <laughs> he's a rock star sure sure, sure. here's the other th- just as an aside bon jovi is in this movie and like one of the things everybody loves about Bon Jovi is he is married to his high school sweetheart, oh. which if you're going to, if you're going to explore love, like use that real, like just have him be Bon Jovi and then be like, I wish I could have a relationship like Bon Jovi's Uh, and then, you know,
1: <laughs> that's, see, that's very, uh, happy Madison. Sure. Energy of him. But,
0: uh, happy Madison made some good movies. No, for so sure. You know, I'm, I'm just saying it's, cool it's it?
1: a, yeah, I'm just saying that, uh, Again, one of our rules is sticking to the artist's intent and all that. I, I just, that, It feels easier for Bloomberg and what's-his-face uh, Seacrest are the only celebrity cameos in this movie.
0: Yeah, the, I, I mean, I guess Matthew Broderick you could consider it. Well, I mean, as themselves. I mean, as and, themselves, yes.
1: And I will say, justified. Uh, whether or not I want it in the yeah. movie mm, can be argued, but I, I didn't hate yeah. having Ryan sure, Seacrest sure. in this.
0: Michael Bloomberg came on screen, and I was like, fuck.
1: Uh, yeah. It, there is at least a logic to it. It's not just Shaquille O'Neal is backstage at the show our fictional character works on. I
0: would have liked that also. Well. <laughs> also, I, I'm i sorry. I just uh, keep going, but I want to put a pin in. I forgot about the most insane connection in this movie. Okay. Keep going.
1: But yeah, I'm just that's all I'm saying is it, it at least follows. So that just doesn't seem like the artist's intent with Gary Marshall is to involve real mm-hmm. people as themselves. Love actually doesn't pull that trick, does it?
0: I don't think so. Yeah. No. It just,
1: and I, I, these are all good examples of, you know, this is a thing I, I hate in movies is, is, is so, uh, if you need to do it all show businessy and stuff, you can still just make them fictional celebrities. <laughs> it's like, there's still, yeah. you can hire an actor to play a rock star. You don't have to hire a rock star to be a rock star. Yeah. There are actors out there who act. Yeah. But anyway, what's the most insane connection?
0: I think, you know who would have been fun in the Bon Jovi role? Jack Black. There you go but the most insane connection in this movie is in the hospital after Hillary Swank's father dies you don't you don't see who's saying this but a very like her father has just died she's holding the bag of his belongings she's really sad mm-hmm. it's she, it's emotionally complicated she she finally got to reconnect with her father ostensibly and and he died and it's new year's and it like all of these conflicting feelings and then a very small voice goes do you want to see how we celebrate New Year's Eve? And then they take her into the nursery and she holds Looks all the babies. The babies. <laughs> she doesn't yeah. look at them. She goes into the nursery and holds them. Did she Which hold connects them? Oh, with the wow. Seth Meyers, Jessica Biel storyline. It's right. insane. I laughed out loud when she was, like a tear was running down her face and somebody was like, do you want to see how we celebrate New
1: Year's <laughs> Eve? Well, what the fuck? yes, that does connect to the Seth Meyers thing, but it's also, and I, I, I'm aware that I'm one that can be too empathetic sometimes to these movies, but it is the circle of life thing. Uh, you know, no,
0: you, then you want to know how you do it. Sure. Then it, she gets she gets the bag of her dad's stuff. She's reckoning with death, and on her way out, she walks by sure. the nursery sure. and sees the baby. Sure.
1: Well, <laughs> like, it, well, it's it, not it, a
0: mysterious nurse. Yeah. Interrupting her to bring her to the nursery. Sure.
1: That is strange. I'll give you that. I was also expecting a bait and switch, but this is also happy Madison ter- ter- territory, but it's like, yeah. uh, maybe you consider this a bait and switch. I don't know, but I was expecting tequila,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, or, or something, and it was just looking at babies. So I was relieved it was at least just looking at babies as opposed to yeah. whatever.
0: Okay, uh, so finally, the the Catherine Heigl, John Bon Jovi story, last New Year's or a few New Year's ago, they split up, She's trying to move on. He's catering the same event. He keeps trying to apologize to her. Eventually, they reconcile. And basically, what happens is it's revealed that Bon Jovi
1: specifically hooked, asked.
0: Hooked, yeah, hooked her up with, like, he was like, I'll only play this event if you hire this woman's yeah. catering service. And then at the end, he proves his love to her by, he's supposed to leave to go on tour the next day. And he's like, I'm not going on tour. I'm staying with you. This to me sucks for two reasons. Mm. One, I don't think it's like a good thing for a relationship for somebody to be like, I'll just stop doing my career to to be with us. That sucks. It's also not as cool as it seems to get this woman a job because then I think in the real world. That's what you don't want to know that the only reason you got a job is because of your ex. I
1: I understand that. I feel like if this were a profession, that's one thing, but this is a gig that is a Mm one-time deal. That's going to pay out the app. You know what I mean? Like this isn't, if you got her a position at the whatever, that's, Mm -hmm. that would, that's a feeling that will follow you every day. You go to that job. If you were to have it as a big old payday, I I I do still see having it tied to a, a lost romance is still gross. Yeah. But I, I don't know that I would consider it the only reason you would get this one time amazing thing. It's less nepotism to me as more than it, it is just like a writer thing. Like this is in my writer that it has to be this chef for this night.
0: Oh, well, I don't know that that conflicts with what I'm saying.
1: uh uh, yeah i no i don't know that that part does necessarily i'm just saying in the sense that to
0: me like like it is it is sold in this script as this like these are two huge romantic gestures yeah and for me neither of those one neither of those really means anything for a relationship sure absolutely absolutely and two isn't the big gift that the movie is implying that it is.
1: I will say it's not a sacrifice by any means, but a gift, I I, I could see it, it. Again, if romance weren't tied to it and somebody were like, hey, I asked you, I needed it for you, that does, because I wanted you to have this, that feels like a gift. I think by virtue of it being an attempt to win somebody back ruins that gift.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. I think we're saying cool. sort of the same thing. Cool. And And this is also coming from my stubborn thing of, like, if my ex-boyfriend who I am on good terms with who uh, you know was a comedy producer if I got like a huge gig and I found out it's only because he demanded that I get it that would suck and I would feel bad I do feel like you're projecting
1: the only thing onto it though it is definitely it is definitely the kicker as to why she got it but Mm -hmm. he couldn't have just picked a person it had to still be a confident chef you know
0: sure Well, uh, I am. That's
1: what I'm trying to tell you, Nicole. (laughs) I'm trying to say that to you. That's it. it Only I think we're we're arguing
0: about something that we're one molecule apart on. Regardless, to to me, this story doesn't work because it there's there is no proof anywhere in it that one these two should be together. Sure. To that, Bon Jovi's character has actually changed. You know, he did. He made these big sacrifices, but like. Again, this is in the same way that the Josh Duhamel story references events that we don't see so much that, you know, like the base reality is off screen. So we are not aware of character growth. Right. I think it's the same thing for this story where you're told in a speech in the first 10 minutes of the movie what their relationship used to be. But because you don't see it. Yeah then there isn't a change.
1: You're just, yeah, it is. There's implied change. You're seeing change, the third beat but, of, a, or a thir- yeah. third act as opposed to the whole movie, yeah. I also just straight up can't buy Catherine Heigl and John Bon Jofi as a couple. I'm sorry, it just nope, doesn't. not at all. They nothing. have no
0: chemistry together. I also don't really buy her as a chef, but. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll you know, that's one that I'm willing to sure. spend my disbelief on. One thing that I do like is they didn't really make her a bitch in sure. this movie. yeah.
1: Although, weirdly, it's like, well, she's a chef, so she probably should be, (laughs) because that's the thing everyone knows about chefs, you know?
0: Yeah, so I I don't totally know how to fix this story, because just, like, the base reality of it, I don't like. (laughs) Um, And I also don't necessarily want them to to end up together.
1: Right, well, to play it to our audience as opposed to this audience, if that's what you're going to pull that off, is, again, not a misuse of magic. It is, I pulled that favor for a friend, not to win their love back and i'm not going to end my tour i'm just going to let you know that i still care about you and that you are a good chef and you deserve yeah. the oh, yeah. shot. so
0: they they just don't get back together yeah it's the it's two people who broke up and are now reconciling and are not getting back together but who are on good again yeah, if
1: we're really breaking this down to be a all walks of life and mm-hmm. all types of love then yeah past love is is one of them you know yeah uh yeah. there you go
0: great i love that that's so much better yeah Okay, I think due to the nature of this movie, yeah, we're already at a minute or an hour twenty-five. Yeah. <laughs> so if if there's nothing major we're forgetting, any other big fixes you this want to make? This is a lot of cleaning
1: up. No, here's here's the terminology pitch for when we have to do something along those lines uh-huh. that I'm surprised I haven't made the connection to before. This is a ska cover. <laughs> Okay. It's we didn't change the bones of this movie too much. We didn't, you know, but it's it's yeah. we we definitely made it our own. This is like when Real Big Fish covers Lita Ford.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when they do Carol of the Beards. Yes, exactly. Which I was just listening to earlier today. I, I didn't pick I, that song out. It was on a playlist. It's okay if, either way. Well, here's here's the problem: is I think Carol of the Bells is like an incredible song for Mm. a ska cover Mm. and I they did an acapella one that I don't think they're always
1: weird with that stuff yeah that they did that acapella cover of New York, New York
0: yeah it's just like okay (laughs) but there's already horns in that Yeah, yep
1: but that's the (laughs) that's the joke those little again speaking of irony poisoning real big fish anyway (laughs) but yeah I think this is also the first movie of this type that we've, we've tried to tackle I'm like yeah it's very different from anything else we've ever done for sure so that's why this is a different format here
0: the the one other thing that i do want to talk about is how many blatant sponsorships did you notice i got two
1: you know uh i wasn't really paying too much attention to that sort of thing I, i'm gonna say one. goose egg i'll probably remember them when you say them but. so
0: the so the first one i think is like fairly germane to the setting and it didn't bother me but when they turn on the ball for the first time there's a big Phillips logo, oh, sure. which I think would be in Times That's Square, but was is, also yeah. very prominently <laughs> yeah, featured yeah. in this movie. And the other one is when Josh Duhamel is at the party, he goes to the bartender and they have a, a conversation that is essentially like, what can I get you? I'll have a De Serono. De great choice. Gotcha. <laughs> like one of those a little bit longer. So that was the other one I found.
1: Beers and car, or alcohol and cars are two things where it's like, oh, I don't hear the specifics when they're said in movies. So I yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> that just it's just a yeah. honk honk whenever they say it. Like okay, that's done. But yeah, that, I'm surprised it's only those two that you pick. Like that's you I, there think, may
0: have been another one that I missed, but those were the two that I remember. Um, okay, here we go. Okay, Google. What was the budget of the 2011 movie New Year's Eve? The budget for New Year's Eve was 56 million dollars. Oh, okay, 56 million dollars! Almost all of that's got to be above the line.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. I was expecting I, way more.
0: Maybe, maybe people were making like back end.
1: Or, or again, Thor. We're only on Thor in the Marvel movies right now at this well, point, here's so the, the, other the business thing. is still different.
0: And also, I bet each celebrity had to be on set for like three days.
1: Yeah. Because it's anthology, yeah. so short. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I bet that's part of it. Uh, okay. $56 million. Okay. Google, what was the box office for the 2011 movie New Year's Eve? Its box office is $142 million. That's a successful movie. Bomb.
1: What a flop. <laughs> really punching down on this one. Yeah. That's a very successful film. Came out December 5th, which is. Yeah, you got to give yourself time before the holiday itself. Although New Year's is a weird time. I got to be honest with you. I wasn't excited. To, we're recording this before, uh, you know, Christmas. And I, I was a little annoyed to be watching a non-Christmas movie. Hey. Or another holiday, I should say. Not just a non-Christmas, but the fact that I specifically. I get it,
0: but that's the, podca- I I that's know. the podcast oh. grind. Right? Uh,
1: I know. But yeah, I just December 26th through probably. You could still. I could be down to watch this like two weeks after Christmas. Or mm. after, or yeah, two weeks after New Year's. Uh, whereas a Christmas movie, you don't want to watch two days yeah. after Christmas, you know. Well, what's what is our version? What does our version make, Nicole? I think same cast, you got to keep in mind, same cast, same, same director. cast. So all of the marketing can still function the same way.
0: <sighs> I think it's exactly the yeah. same. Yep, <laughs> I think we make the exact same amount yeah. of money. You
1: know, I'm gonna say couple hundred more because you're gonna get some people like me out there who are like you know what i actually saw that thing it's not bad <laughs> you know yeah. go yeah. see it if if you find yourself just but, if you're a movie person go see it but then i wonder if
0: it's canceled out by people like then you don't have like the leah michelle fans
1: oh leah michelle's still yeah. in our movie
0: she's still oh i guess she still does have one song yeah I wonder if it's if our movie is like this feels like the kind of movie that you like you you visit your aunt over the holidays and she's like that is a cute yes, movie. Exactly. And I wonder I wonder if we made changes that made it less of a cute movie hmm. that
1: would
0: I think no. we break completely even.
1: Uh okay. All right. Fair. Uh,
0: okay, what are your what are your similar movies for this week? I uh don't have good ones. Okay.
1: I hit on one last week that I'm gonna, i I'm going to I don't know if we are recording or not, but Trick or Treat is uh-huh. is the Halloween take on uh-huh. this sort of but not really it but it's a it's a macro anthology uh, all takes place on halloween and it's fun the other one is uh 200 cigarettes which i haven't seen since i was like 15 or whatever but it's like the same thing but indie and in 19 from the late 90s about the early 80s
2: mm-hmm.
1: instead of those 2011 people if it were like martha plimpton dave Chappelle, paul rudd elvis costello who does play himself in that, so I'm going back on my own word on that. But still, it's it's just a hipper version of it that came earlier than this. So those those are my recommendations. And which one was it? 200 Cigarettes.
0: 200 Cigarettes. Okay. I think the obvious one is Love Actually. Okay. And American in Paris, I think, has like... The reason I picked American in Paris is because there's this really glitzy, glamorous New Year's party. And I think that that kind of aspirational feel... Sure kind of the the like the feeling that you're at a super fancy party or getting to imagine that you would be at a super fancy party that you would never actually get to go to mm-hmm. sort of similar to like how most of america probably watched this movie being like I'll never go to the to the sure. ball drop this is an exciting thing for me so i think i think sure. it has that element to it i would also say this is a series of unconnected vignettes more than it is like interconnected storylines sure. but i think paris Je T'aime. Sure kind of uses Paris in the way that I wish this movie had used New York City. Yeah. And I haven't actually seen New York, I Love You, uh, so maybe... Great. <laughs> There's vignettes it's in the that, yeah. that I think are not yeah. good. But I think it's I think it got a pretty high batting average.
1: But I don't really... I remember two or three from New York, I Love You mm-hmm. in general. And I don't have particularly glowing things to say about them either, whereas... I saw Paris was it Paris? Jetem, sorry, is that it? Yeah. Saw yeah. that, you know, earlier than I saw New York, I Love You, and I can recall with fondness more of that, you know, so.
0: Yeah, well, Paris Jatem has the Alexander Payne short film 14th Ar- arrondissement, or uh, 14th arrondissement.
1: Which, what happens in that one?
0: That is the final one, that's the one with Margot Martindale, where she's an American tourist in Paris, she's a postal worker, and she narrates the whole thing. You see her in Paris, but it's narrated as a presentation to her, like, French level two class, mm. where where she's like, uh, Je suis allée à français. Et pendant que je suis en français, je suis allé à un parc où uh, j'ai mangé un sandwich. It is that uh Nicole yeah. thing of like like being uh being beautiful in a way that you can't really yeah. describe like yeah. beautiful and sad at the same time. Sure. Uh but then it's also got the the really cool like Elijah Wood short Vampire about Vampire's yeah. which kicks ass. That
1: Nulty one where it's all one shot. Yep, the Nulty yeah. one's great.
0: There's the one uh where two old people in a bar fall in love every night to the same yes, song. Yes, yes. Uh
1: the one that's like a weird kid talking straight to camera.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie, and and uh, and bottom line is it is it uses Paris the way that I wish this yes. movie had used New York City.
1: Cool, cool. Well, uh, then let's throw top five in there as well, just in.
0: Oh yeah, great, great call. Yeah, top five. Uh, we may have mentioned this on the podcast or not, yeah. but but Fesh and I often laud top five as the movie that feels the most like living in New York feels, Yeah. especially. It would never make that fucking pizza place a mistake. <laughs> I mean, Top that place, five would never, uh, would I, never get off the subway near the Met and then be like, "Let's go get pizza across yeah. the street." I wonder, fucking uh, I, Little I, Italy.
1: I, I wonder if we went back and watched how how accurate it really was in terms of that. Because again, we were talking more about the vibe of yeah, the one we lived in. But yeah, uh, all right, is that it?
0: Yeah, I think that's it. Let's do the uh, happening next. Okay, great. That's the one where the trees—the trees did it.
1: You'll see. (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to tell you at the end of an M Night Shyamalan movie.
0: True. Okay. Uh, uh, I've been Nicole. I've been Vesh. And this has been our podcast, Real Big Fix. Bye. Bye.